uh, this morning we got another thing that we're doing, and uh, we're actually going to stop uh, for a Sunday or two here, uh, wait, move out of Romans to talk about, one, this morning, the Holy Spirit. The next weekend we have a whole weekend that's just focused in on the Holy Spirit, that we believe in God in three persons, right? The Father and the Son and the Spirit. And we're going we're gonna to take a few moments here just to talk about what we should expect um, for this coming weekend um, here on Friday and Saturday and then Sunday. And it always strikes me as kind of funny that we name a whole weekend the Holy Spirit weekend. Like, doesn't that seem a, a bit, like, overreaching? Like, you know, he's the God where nobody knows, you know, when he comes and when he goes. Nobody knows his plans. His ways are higher than our ways. You know, to him, a, a, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. So we could really set this up. The schedule starts, you know, Friday evening. And if he's late, well, it could be a thousand years or so before we... No, sorry. Do you ever wonder, though? I mean, it seems a bit of a reach to say, yeah, this is the Holy Spirit weekend. And he's going to be there. Come on out. We're cheating a bit. Scripture talks about the, this idea that if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. He also promises that those who are searching for him, right? Those who are uh, hungering for him. He says he goes all over the earth looking for people who are, who are looking for him. He says, hey, look, if you gather, if there's a couple of you that gather in my name, I'm going to be there. Like, I, he's, he's everywhere, but there's a way that he says, he's like, I'm going to be there with you guys. So we're cheating a little bit because we know that the Holy Spirit will be here. He's going to show up. And, and the thing I want to talk about this morning is just what could you expect? Um, what should I expect out of the weekend? Because as you come in, you're like, uh, maybe you're new to our church. You're like, what is going to happen on that weekend? Like, wh what are all you guys going to do? And uh, maybe that's one thing. Another expectation is, what is God going to do? Like, uh, I'm not sure if I want to come to this because I don't know what God's going to do. Like, what's, what's the Spirit going to do? And, or maybe, you know, you don't even know what to expect for yourself. What's going to happen to me? Like, I'm not sure I want to come to this because I don't know what's going to happen. What's, what's he going to do to me? Um, so we're going to talk about a few of these things, but let me address just the, the idea of fresh water and, and just the way that we kind of roll, as it were, um, in terms of our history and, and our vision of our interaction with God. And our church is part of a denomination. It got started in the late 1800s, but it was Methodists and Lutherans and um, I'm trying to Methodists and Baptists, um, Presbyterians, uh, a bunch of people getting together to say, hey, look, we, we want this world to hear about Jesus. And we also know that for this world to hear that, we need God's power. And there was a real passion and a commitment early on in this movement that we have to be under the power and influence of the Holy Spirit to live for him. And there was an openness to to pursuing all who God is and all that he does as we see modeled in Acts. So what we see in there, we believe, hey, wait a minute, if that's good for the early church, it's good for us, and it's still happening. And, and that was really, as you read back in the stories of our, the early days of our denomination, you hear stories of just miraculous stuff happening. 
God coming in and healing, God giving people these words of knowledge or, or prophecies about someone or somebody's life or things happening, and people would just share it. They didn't know any of these things. They had no context. And they would say, hey, I hear God saying this, and other people would be like, what? How is that possible? Those kind of things. We'd hear, there's stories of people getting set free from addiction, story of people getting set free even from the demonic realm. There's a story after story after story. But as all things happen, when there's power, somehow we in our humanity mess it up, and, and people start coming in with agenda, and people start wanting it for themselves in the wrong way, or starting to say, hey, it has to look a certain way. And so in the early 1900s, there just became this, this whole movement where it, it was just getting out of control. There were excesses. And, and so our denomination, Christian Missionary Alliance, started to move away from it and it effectively shut down the Holy Spirit and his movement. And it was, I guess, tamped down a lot. And uh, it was only, uh, you, we would probably say like 60 or 70 years of this, where it was an overcorrection because we saw the agenda and we said, we don't want that because it's getting totally manipulated and out of control. And it's only been within the last probably 15, 20 years as a denomination that we've all kind of said, hey, wait a minute. We shut down so much of what God wants to do. We've completely limited the Holy Spirit. And so there's a return back to, wait a minute, this is our roots. It's, it's right in here. Let's start saying yes to this. Let's be balanced. And so our denomination as a whole said, hey, look, folks, and this happened, I think, probably 18 years ago. The, the phrase they started saying is, look, it, it's not like this seek not, forbid not, or like don't ask, don't tell. It's expectation without agenda. Meaning come in, expect the Holy Spirit to move, because he's the Holy Spirit. Expect God to move the way God does, but don't come in with your agenda. Like, it has to happen this way. And because God did it this way, he's going to do that way here. Don't, don't do agenda. Just come open to all that God is and does in his church. And so if you're wondering, where is this church headed? We're already there. We've been here. We, we've been doing this. And, and the thing is, you don't hear many of these stories because so many of the stories that happen where we see the Holy Spirit moving is in deep personal ways that, frankly, it's just not good to be sharing a lot of that stuff up front. It's so personal and so intimate. And you hear stories every once in a while. But I, let me just tell you, in the last six months, if, we got, if I told you every story where we're hearing the Spirit move in power and do things, your job would kind of drop. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, we're hearing all of the stories that you see in Acts happen. We're seeing that stuff. And we celebrate, and we try to celebrate in appropriate ways, but a lot of those things are so personal. But we're there, folks. We're not going anywhere, nor are we trying to be like anybody else, because that's agenda. We just want to hold this open and say, we believe these things to be true about the Holy Spirit and his ministry. Let's do it. So if you're wondering what to expect from a church leadership, it's just more of the same. How about that? Now, as you're coming into this weekend, if you're unfamiliar with the Holy Spirit, I just want to read to you how Jesus, he takes a moment and says, hey, look, the Holy Spirit's going to come. I'm going to leave. The Holy Spirit's going to come. Let me tell you his role. So from Jesus' own mouth, we have two significant passages where he explains the role the Spirit will have in our lives. And it's in John chapter 14 and 16. I just invite you to turn there right now. John chapter 14 and John chapter 16. 
It's in the last maybe quarter of your Bible if you have paper. Uh, if you have a, your Bible on phone, just type in John. It's not 1st, 2nd, or 3rd John. It's just John. John 14. And we're going to read two different passages, one in 14 and one in 16. So he says in John 14, verse 15, he says, If you love me, he's talking to the 11 disciples that are left. Judas has already gone and betrayed, them, betrayed him. He says this to the 11 that are left. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Go on, and he says in verse 25, These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Then skip over to chapter 16, and let's read starting in verse 5. But now I'm going to him, meaning the Father, this is still Jesus talking, who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come, or will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them right now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So what can we expect from, Jesus, or from the Holy Spirit? It, there's several things here. This is an exhaustive list. But we see these words here. He, he's going to be our helper, or many versions say counselor. He's going to be the one who teaches. Teaches us all that comes from the Father. He's going to be one who convicts us. And he's going to be this one as we read on. So those are three. But if you read in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says, hey, don't go anywhere because you're going to need the Holy Spirit. He's going to come with power. So we need power. And then if you flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there's this whole section about how the Holy Spirit comes and he gives these gifts of grace and that, and that help us to serve within the body. So you have a spiritual gift, and, and 1 Corinthians talks about this. But it's this gift to help this body work together, serve together, love each other. And that's all from the Spirit. So what might happen this weekend, what you could expect to happen this weekend, is that God probably will come and give you counsel. He'll even be this counselor to your soul and to your heart about things that are going on. Whether it's decisions you have to make or whether it's pain, whether it's blocks in your life, whether it's whatever, the Holy Spirit will counsel you. You could expect him to teach you this weekend. You may learn things like things you never knew or things you forgot. He's going to come and teach and say, hey, did you know this? He'll do that. He may convict you. 
whether it's a sin, whether it's something else, I don't know. He's called you towards something and called you away from something. He may convict you and you're like, yay, it's a good thing. He may give you power. He, he may even show you, hey, look, I have gifted you. Because often people say, I don't know what I have to offer. I've got nothing to offer or I don't. And the Holy Spirit says, wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out. I have created you in such a specific way. I've wired you this way and I've gifted you for this People need you. My body that I've created needs you as much as you need them. And you may discover that this weekend. So that's what we could expect from the Holy Spirit. Uh, The other thing is what is our response? What could we expect happens to us? And the Bible talks about two different paths that we could go down when it comes to our interaction with the Spirit. There's there's a negative way and there's a positive way. In Ephesians chapter 4, the negative side, Paul wrote, Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption goes on in the context to talk about how he's leading his people towards obedience and holiness, and we can actually say no to that. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. Another passage, Paul wrote that we could put out the Spirit's fire in 1 Thessalonians, meaning we can quench it, we can douse it with water, as it were. We can stop this fire, and, and we just sing this, fi- this song that says, Lord, let your fire fall down, and it's a reference to Acts chapter 2. You can go read it when the Holy Spirit first comes on that early church the first time, and it was like the presence of the Lord was like fire over them. They could see it. And he says, your choice, my choice to refuse what the Spirit's leading us to do can put that fire out. On the positive side, Paul says, hey, look, we can be filled with the Spirit and live by the Spirit. Galatians 5 says, actually, he says, keep in step with the Spirit. Live in the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, meaning like every moment you're walking, you're living in Him saying, is this the step? Is this the step? Is this the step? Or it's a pace, like the Holy Spirit's walking at a pace and you're just staying right with Him, in step with Him. He also says, Paul writes about this idea of do not be drunk on wine or alcohol. Do not be under the influence of that. Instead, be drunk with the Spirit. Be under the influence of the Spirit. He says this over in Ephesians chapter 5, Galatians 5, Ephesians 5, two famous passages about the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, but be drunk with the Holy Spirit. I mean, could you imagine if we could have like a breathalyzer after the weekend, right? And, and you, you blow into the thing, right? I mean, first service, I got it wrong. I've never had this done to me. So I said, yeah, you, you breathe in. And then everybody started laughing at me, I guess. And um, so we, we got to get this right. Um, you, you blow in and it registers, right, your alcohol content, your blood level content. Can you imagine breathing into that right now? And possibly what God would even do at the end of this weekend, breathing into it. Hopefully the levels are all the same. But there's this call to constantly be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. 
one of the things that could happen as you come into this is to, to have this perspective. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get into a service or I, I've been a part of something and I think, oh, that would be really good for them. Oh, that would be really good for them. And I know you all do it too. You think, oh, that's a good point for them. This Holy Spirit weekend is for you. It's for you as much as it's for me. So bring a pen. Bring paper. God's going to talk to you. Get ready to hear from God. He's going to say things to you that you're going to want to write down. Not for the person who's over there or over here. You. You know, the, the goal of, of the Holy Spirit, one, one final thing, is Jesus said it in John 16. He says the Spirit will come and, and bring Jesus to us, the knowledge of Jesus, so that he could be glorified. And the ultimate aim of this Holy Spirit, is, this Holy Spirit weekend is that. And we're going to get everybody together. It's going to be a great time, right? We're going to be under the spout where the glory comes out. Woo, that's awesome. We just, ah, let's just take it all in. But we don't just stop there. It's not like this hot tub where we're all just like, yeah, this is great. That's part of it. The other part of it is the healing, the words, the direction, the conviction, the freedom, all of that for a purpose, to bring glory to Christ. So you're going to come out with his joy. You're going to come out with his peace, but it's not just for you. It's for his body, this, this family. It's about connecting in and saying, wait a minute, I've got to share this with those in, in the family. And it's also about going and sharing this with the world. You, we have to keep that in mind. This isn't just for us. It's a sit back and, woo, this is great. There, there's an aim. There's a direction this should lead us. And as we come into it, I, I, I do want to say, I, I, I know it's probably a little unnerving because you don't know what God's going to do. And I, I want to say, yeah, it is dangerous to come and to say, this is a Holy Spirit week and God have your way. It is a dangerous thing. You're not safe by any means. I mean, God's safe, but you're not safe. So one time in the Old Testament, God came along, this guy wanted healing, and, and, and the prophet, hearing from God, just said, hey, you need to go into a river seven times, and he has to do this in front of everybody, and the guy didn't want to do it because it would be absolutely humiliating. Everybody's going to see this, and everybody's going to see that he needs God, and he's dependent, and, and the guy's like, no, I don't want to do it, and the, and, and the prophet's like, well, that's the only way it's going to happen. And so the guy ends up going to a river and getting in the river seven times, and it was healed, but it broke him. And that's what God does. In the New Testament, there, there's times where Jesus would come along and, and there was moments that were just awkward. Like one time he spit, he used his spit to heal someone, their eyes. And you're like, eh. Another time he came in and to heal someone's heart. You think of Peter. Peter's broken, betrayed Christ. And what does he do? He comes in and says one of the hardest things. Do you love me, Peter? Three times. And I would imagine guys are around. Was that a painful moment for Peter? You better believe it was. But did it heal his heart? Yeah. Another time, there's a guy who was sick, and all the crowds brought him in, and they're like, hey, what's Jesus going to do? And they're all watching. And Jesus is like, whatever. And he pulls the guy aside. 
away from the crowd so that nobody else sees this as a sideshow, and he heals them. God's safe. He is safe, but it's dangerous to get into his presence because he will do things that humble us. He will do things that break us. He will do things that set us free, and, and sometimes it's difficult and painful, and sometimes it's just quiet and hidden, and I don't know which one it is, and we just can't have an agenda. You can't script it. So I want to just challenge you with this as we go, as we close down this time. We're going to go into time of prayer here. Um, would you pray? Would you pray for several things? One, pray for your own faith and expectation in God to increase this week. Say, God, would you help me and my faith and what you're able to do, would it increase? Come in open to that. Come in with expectation like God's going to move. God's going to speak. So pray for yourself on that. Also pray that God would give you the strength to stand your ground. And what I mean by that is if you're coming to this, I'm going to tell you right now, this week will probably be a difficult week. There's going to be adversity because this is not what our enemy wants at all. And just be aware of that. So if your week starts going sideways, you just stop and say, wait a minute. It may go sideways. I'm following Christ. I want your power. I want your authority here. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to bail on this weekend. Third thing, if you would pray for fresh water, that we would become a movement of God and, and that this would just take us even closer to that vision of being this movement where we see the Holy Spirit working in our midst all across the board. And I want to challenge you, take a meal. Skip one meal this week. You don't have to skip all of them. Just skip one meal and spend that time praying. Just spend that time praying. And if you fall asleep while you're doing that, the Lord is the Lord of peace and rest. And you just thank him and say, oh, Lord, I must have needed some rest, right? Don't feel guilty if you fall asleep. Just thank God. He gave you rest, right? He's the one who created it. But pray. Stop. Stop for an, an hour, a meal. Pray. Pray for these things. It's so funny. Um, this past week, uh, Alpha's topic was, uh, why do we pray? Why do Christians pray? It was a great clip. And one of the things, one of the quotes is, uh, trying to explain this to someone who, who doesn't believe in prayer, doesn't believe in God, they were trying to say, okay, this is how it might look or whatever. And they said, you know, when we pray, often coincidences happen. And uh, the phrase that really would challenge some people was, when I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't pray, coincidences don't happen. And so one of these guys who is this hard I would say he just talks about like I am a committed atheist. That's that's what he believes. He's as he's sharing, I am an atheist, I don't believe in any of this stuff, gets to the end, he says, all right, all right, I'll do it, I'll pray, we'll see if anything happens. He just throws that out there, and, and the rest of the group, there, there's uh, several Christians within the group, and it's quiet, and then the guy, the guy goes, well, 
is anybody else going to do this, or am I the only one doing it? And it was this atheist calling out Christians, saying, are you guys going to pray or what? Like, do you believe in this or not? And uh, it's, it's one of these things where I think everybody's just kind of like, whoa, um, we have an atheist calling out Christians to pray and to look for answers. And here's the thing I want to challenge you on. It, we're going to be praying for, you look at this list and, and what we're praying for even later on here in a few moments and on that weekend, we have the confidence that God will answer it. He's going to answer this stuff. He is. This, is. this is his bread and butter. This is the heart of God. So have that confidence as we come into that. I'd like to invite the elders to, to come down. We're going to spend several moments here praying. And uh, want you to join us and agree with us as we pray. And if this is, this is a stretch for some of you, like, wow, like this could be 10, 15 minutes of prayer. And I know for some of you that, that is going to be a stretch. But I just want you to kind of settle into it, all right? Just, just move towards it and agree it. I know it might be a little bit different than what you're normally used to. But we want to spend time praying for this weekend and praying for God's blessing and leading on our hearts in this time. So I've asked the elders to come and to pray and to lead this time. And so over these next few moments, they're just going to be praying. And, and you just agree in your heart with them as they begin to pray. And, and we'll just follow the Spirit as he leads this time. So.